by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. Yes, it is time for In the Garden with Peter Burke, author of Year-Round Indoor Salad Gardening and at thedailygardener.com. Our program is brought to you by Menards Agway, your yard, garden, and pet place on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. Grow Compost of Vermont at growcompost.com, Route 2 in Moortown. The Willie's Store in Greensboro. If they don't have it, you don't need it. By Guy's Farm and Yard, Montpelier, Morrisville, Williston, and St. Albans. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse, and Perennial Farm in Colchester, Vermont. By PR Lumber, locally milled lumber, family owned on Route 15 in Wolcott. And your locally owned Montpelier Agway store. Also by V's Flowers and Garden Shop, Main Street in Waitsfield. And I can't tell you how much a pleasure it is after the winter we've had to say, yes, it's in the garden, and here's Peter Burke. Thanks, Joel. It is good to be back, isn't it? <laughs> really? <laughs> well, it's funny because I, I checked my notes from last year, and and uh, for some reason it does seem like it was a harder winter, but in fact it, it it's we're just about on time. The garlic is up. The the you know the rhubarb is starting to crest red, and you know everything is coming up just like it did last year. So. The, I guess all the late snow and the cold, cold uh, really made it feel like it extended it out. But we're, we're fine. It, it seemed for the longest time to me, for <laughs> when I have all my perennial you know, tomato plants, or my you know, annual, rather, you know, mm-hmm. tomato, I, I, all winter I'm wondering, what does that garden look like under that snow? <laughs> and now the snow has melted. And when I first took a look, I said, gee, I wish it would snow again. I've got a lot of work ahead of me. <laughs> Boy, don't I know that feeling. I just wandered through the garden this morning, and I thought, oh, boy, <laughs> i got work to do up here. I've got a bunch of beds that need new boxes and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But still, fun to get out, fun to look, so nice to see the birds out there and everything coming along just the way it should. So, um, And, uh, well, you know, the, the place to start, as usual, well, we want to thank our sponsors and encourage you to thank them when you're in there. You know, when you go into one of the sponsors, say, hey, thanks for sponsoring the show. We really enjoy it. And um, so the place to start, of course, is taking care of the garden beds or whether you have a, a four by fours like me, four foot by four foot or a 50 by 100 or just small garden boxes or a whole acre of garden. Um, pretty much preparation is is all about the same for for all of those. And the first thing you have to do, of course, if you still have snow on the garden, which which is a possibility, I 
You know, I have a few spots that still have a little snow on them. Um, you can dust those with wood ashes, and the coloration will will make them melt a lot faster. Or you can just go ahead and, and get a sheet of black plastic and throw it out over, and that'll warm the soil and, and as well as melt the snow off. So once that's all all cleaned off, then uh, you want to make sure that you uh, get everything weeded, get all those old stems pulled out and put in the compost pile. And then for me, rather than turning the soil with a shovel or a rototiller, I like to just fork the soil and uh, just to aerate and loosen it up a little bit. Uh, turning the soil over sort of puts the wrong side up and tilling can kind of destroy the soil structure. You know, we're all, you know, the, the as much as compost and everything else is great for the gardens, a healthy worm population and bug population underneath the soil is, is just as important. So by just, you know, uh, loosening the soil up, you don't, you know, destroy that, that soil structure. And... If it's, you know, if it is possible, just try using a fork or a tool they call a broad fork. You ever seen one of those, Joe, a, f- a broad fork? That's a useful tool to have, yeah. let me tell you. Yeah, they're not cheap, but boy, they are Holy very... Christmas. Yeah, no, I was, <laughs> I, I was set back. I mean, prepared, a, exactly. you know, $150, $200 even. Uh, yeah, but they have them. Uh, I saw they had them both in Agway and Blue Seal and... And uh, they, uh, they're a great tool for your garden beds, and you just sort of sink them in and pull back. And uh, I think they're easier to use than a shovel or anything else. I agree, yeah. And, and this is the, the best way to loosen up in your soil and, and um, uh, get it ready for the, for the next step. And, uh, well, I haven't used, myself, haven't used a rototiller since 1981, so I know that you can have a good garden without any, any rototilling at all. And I converted my, uh, my garden to perennial beds. I haven't used a rototiller since 2013. That's when mine threw a rod. <laughs> <laughs> really? That ended it, yep. huh? Well, that's good. I always say in my, my uh, classes that I do, I, um, uh, you know, sell your rototiller now before everybody else figures it out, you know. <laughs> So once that soil's all loosened up and you've got got it weeded and everything, then you want to put in your soil amendments. And the things that I recommend is uh, sea kelp, uh, a rock powder. You can buy azomite right at the at the um, garden store, uh, and that's a rock powder. Uh, lime, and then a good general organic fertilizer. There's really no need to use a chemical fertilizer in a garden anymore. And... Um, you do them at a rate of, I know this sounds kind of silly, a tablespoon per square foot, but that comes out to be a cup in a 4 by 4 bed. So, you know, if you have a 4 by 8 bed, then you put two cups each of the, the, um, the rock powder, the sea kelp, uh, the, the lime, and then the organic fertilizer. So that, um, that'll get things uh, started, and so when you, um, it gives it a chance to work in before you start planting. And uh, you know that you're off to the races. Now, my soil tends to be acidic year to year, so I sweeten it up with the lime every year. But a simple soil test is a good idea if you're not sure. And it's easy to do. You can get a soil test right at the garden store. 
And then add on top of that, right, add your compost, you know, at least an inch or so across the bed. And that would be kind of a minimal. A lot of times, um, you know, at that time, this time of year right now, I'll go through all my compost bins that I've, you know, been filling up over the the winter and um, empty them out onto the beds. And that's a, that's another good way to prepare the soil. And uh, well, if you don't have a compost bin, and and there's a lot of great places in Vermont, we're so blessed with a lot of compost companies that make fantastic compost. And you know, so you want to add uh, add some to each bed as uh, at the beginning of the year, and of course throughout the year as well. But yeah. To, to prepare a garden in the beginning of the year, you want to add some compost. The, 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 the garden panacea. And then uh, once, you, once, you have, uh, once you have all those things on, is consider your soil a little bit. If you have a heavy clay soil, um, like some people. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> if you have a heavy clay soil, consider, or, or a sandy soil, consider adding uh, some vermiculite to your soil. This is a great way to prepare your soil, and it works both for sandy soil and for uh, clay soil because it lightens up the clay soil, and it holds a lot of the moisture in that that uh, tends to collect in, in clay soil. And then for the sandy soil, it tends to hold moisture where generally, you know, mo- the water or the rain just sort of uh, filters right through a sandy soil. So if you put vermiculite in there, that'll hold on to a lot of that moisture. So in either case, it works just as well for a good way to prepare your garden. So... Uh, I should give the numbers for people that might want to, uh, oh, yeah. you know, chime in early and uh, come up with your uh, early questions, or maybe you've already uh, done some preparation and can share some advice with us. Uh, we'd all love to hear from you, and this applies through all our programs here uh, in the garden. And our regular uh, local 802 Vermont number is 244-1777. That's 244-1777. Or toll-free from most anywhere, 877-291-8255. <laughs> it's so true, too, because that's what makes the show, is people come and calling in and and uh, both uh, with advice, which we rely on, and also questions, which we rely on. It's a lot of fun to... to um, to talk to you, and and so you're welcome to call in with any kind of okay. Well, question. we're going to inaugurate the new phone system. I'm going to oh see. yeah, <laughs> well, already. I mean, yeah. I've used it, but not on a not on a, a call-in show. So let's see, we hit that, and we, then we hit that, <laughs> and then we hit that, and then say, "Good afternoon." You're on the uh, in the garden program with Peter Burke. Hey, Peter. Good to hear you back again. Well, thanks. Good yeah. to. Yeah, good to hear you. Yeah, um, this is Dick and Waterbury. I was, uh, what I use for kind of loosening up my soil, I actually got rid of my rototiller here a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, but I've always used my potato hook. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, scrub it back and forth a few times, and it does a really good job of just kind of loosening things up. And um, it's a it's a trusty tool to have. So what does a potato hook look look like? Um, 
what are the tines? Uh, four inches long. Four inches long. Yeah, yeah. they're about four inches long. Yep. You know, for digging potato hills. Yeah. And I've used that as a weeder, as a loosener, or you name it. They get used for it. So. Yeah, so it has that four-inch tine that's that's uh, sort of curved like a rake. Exactly. You know, it's like yep. okay, yeah. Yep. Yep. And here, uh, I've been kind of anxious to get uh, some of my garden going. So mm-hmm. here, a week or so ago, um, I started raised beds. I guess three years ago now. Uh-huh. So I took one of my beds and I took a two before and just kind of ripped it on an angle and uh-huh. it made myself kind of a little hothouse. Oh, there you go. Threw together a, a quick frame, put some plastic over mm-hmm. the top, put some hinges on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have my radishes that are all sprouted and ready to go and my lettuce hasn't quite come up yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, hopefully I'm on a good jump start here. That's great. That's <laughs> great. It's good to to warm that soil up. Uh, w- the one thing you might consider doing is if you can find them. Uh, some I know over in Burlington, uh, they have some uh, lettuce sets. Uh huh. So you and the lettuce sets would be okay now when that in that hot house. So you could get a jump start by both having the lettuce set and the lettuce seed coming along at the same time. Right, and I, I've also started some lettuce of my own as mm-hmm. well. They're not quite big mm-hmm. enough yet to do anything with. But, mm-hmm. So, What about peas? Have you thought about doing peas yet? Uh, I haven't. I've done peas in the past, but just probably for sake of room, I don't know if I'll yeah. put them in this year. Well, spinach um, I've is... I've spinach in. You do, yeah, okay. Uh, I put some beets in. Good. Just a few. Yeah. You know, just to... Yeah. As much as I can get in that four by four box. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the other ones that I like is the onion set. You know, uh, yep. not either the plant or the little bulbs. The bulbs are nice. I, I use them. I grow a lot of those for uh, for scallions because I really I really like adding scallions to my salads. Right, right. And so. And if you buy them, they're two dollars for about three. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. You, you exactly. can grow right. them a lot cheaper. Yeah. Yep. Uh, um, and uh, let's see. So, so, yeah, go ahead. In each of your beds, then, you would recommend about an inch of uh, compost just to kind of mm-hmm. supplement what's in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, or the Organic uh, Farming and Gardening magazine did some sort of a test, and they said the minimum amount that affects, you know, your soil fertility is like a uh, an eighth or a quarter inch over the whole thing. But even in small amounts like that, it makes a big difference. But I usually go for, you know, either a five-gallon bucket or a minimum of, a, of an inch um, on top of the bed. Mm-hmm. And, and that seems to work well for me. Now, have you also had uh, good luck with uh, different types of heirloom seeds? You can save your own seeds for another year. I've I've done that some. I'm I'm not a great seed saver, but I uh, have. Uh, there's a, a couple of uh, tomato varieties that I like quite a bit. There was one that that was a, a purple. Um, and, and of course, it was just a red tomato, but it was called a purple plum. And I got it from a a, a guy down in um, in Boston, who was one heck of a gardener. He was just incredible. I mean, he grew everything. Of course, you know, an old Italian fella. He 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 just loved to do that. And mm-hmm. um, so he gave me the seeds and. Um, so I've managed to keep those going for a while. And then the other one was a friend of mine sent me some, a uh, uh, an heirloom German uh, 
uh, tomato, and it had a red blush on the inside. Now you can buy a lot of these still, you know. Right. They're still available, and and it's a it's so uh, heartwarming to see all these these heirloom varieties now available at Johnny's and and high mowing and all around, even in. Uh, uh, at the seed store and everything, you can get uh, heirlooms. What 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 kind do you? Uh, um, I just picked up some Ace Fifty Five tomatoes. Yeah. Um, and I had a wicked time even to get those to germinate. I went through almost a whole packet before I could finally get some to germinate. Oh wow! Um, and you know, usually I. Um, I'll put them in a seed starter mix and I'll throw them in a bag or I use a little plastic container and kind of just set it up on my furnace so it kind of stays nice and warm. Yep. Okay. Um, keep it moist. Um, yeah. And for some reason, they just didn't want to do anything, but they mm. seem like they're coming now. Well, good, good. Uh, you know, that's it. Uh, you... You're, um, you're displaying the, the ultimate gardener's, uh, uh, characteristic is just uh, stubbornness. Right, right. So, <laughs> That's anyway, good. Uh, good to hear you back. Oh, thanks so much, Dick. Uh, um, it's good to good to be back out in the garden. Okay, talk to you later. Yep. Bye bye. But Peter, we have another phone call on okay, the line, so great. we'll say uh, good afternoon. You're on the air in the garden. That is if you don't hang up on me. Oh, we would. Robert <laughs> Frost, freak from Ripton, calling. <laughs> Happy spring Lola, to all hi. of you. Yes, nice job, Joel. I I was calling partly to share a Robert Frost poem, but mostly Great. to um, rejoice in the hope that comes from planting these gardens. Okay. I think I wrote a note to you guys at WDEV regarding the loss of my dog this past December, courtesy of bone cancer. And not having a dog with me to get that greenhouse was hard back Mm. in early March. But I planted the seeds thinking, you can do it, you can do it. A week after I planted my first batch of seeds in the greenhouse, we had a huge storm, two feet of snow, bitter cold. (laughs) But you know... I they remember. come up, they come up, mm-hmm. and they grow, and they are the essence of resiliency and hope. And I don't know. I don't know how you could live without a garden. Yeah, Just, well, you know, there, of course, there's many ways to feel that hope and renewal, but uh, I'm with you. A garden is definitely one of the top of my list. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. So I was going to gift you <clears throat> with the first three stanzas, and if people are upset with this, they can call the station and say, get that woman off this radio. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Of a poem that I have not shared with you, and it's a very long poem. It's got nine stanzas, but it so suits the weather we've been dealing with for the last several weeks. So mm-hmm. three today, and then I'll give you the rest next Saturday. Okay, So that's the poem deal. is called Two Tramps in Mud Time. Out of the woods, two strangers came and caught me splitting wood in my yard, and one of them put me off by aim by hailing cheerily. Hit him hard! I knew pretty well why he dropped behind and let the other go on away. I knew pretty well what he had in mind. He wanted to take my job for pay. Good blocks of oak it was I split as large around the chopping block, and every piece I squarely hit fell splinterless as a cloven rock. The blows that a life of self-control spares to strike for the common good. That day, giving a loose to my soul, 
I spent on the unimportant wood. Mm. Mm. One more stanza. Mm. The sun was warm, but the wind was chill. You know how it is on an April day when the sun is out and the wind is still? You're one month on in the middle of May. But if you so much as dare to speak, a cloud comes over the frozen peak. (laughs) A cloud comes over the sunlit arch. A wind comes (laughs) off the frozen peak. And you're two months back in the middle of March. And that's just, I mean, that is the seesaw that we've all been on. Oh, so well said. So well Thank said. Thank you. Thank you. That, so that was say, well said. Keep riding that seesaw, and um, <laughs> soon enough, soon enough we'll. Yep. Yeah, so well described, the seesaw. That's been the, and I think that's what we were talking about earlier, was it just seemed like uh, it, it just kept, kept coming this winter. <laughs> it did, and it hasn't stopped. We went out this morning thinking, yeah. la-di-da, it's so warm out. Whoa, no, it's not. So that's okay. That's why we love this place called Vermont. Well, you know the old saying, if you don't like it, just wait a minute. So. Yeah, and we will. So <laughs> but I like you. the image of being pushed up into a month into May and then falling back a month into March. That that was very good. good. Well, like stay that. tuned for more of the poem <laughs> yeah, next okay, week. Great, thanks. Take care. Yep. Thank, yeah. thank you, Lola. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Yes, the thing I've discovered uh, in making my first rounds that I don't see um, the four-inch peat pots available in Maybe they maybe our sponsors are, are are stocking them at this point. Yeah. But I used to buy the small two inch ones in mm-hmm. tra- and mm-hmm. I lose half my plants trying to get them from a two inch into a four inch. I it, start them in four inch and then you're it, fine. It, that's right. Yeah. 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 Matter of fact, uh, I was reading your book uh, with uh, Henry Holmeyer's oh, book. Oh yeah. Uh, yep. And he said, uh, get the largest peat pot you can find and start all your sets in those. Well, if you get 12-inch peat pots and leave them on your deck, then you get Ed Smith's well, book of, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, you know. Uh, within reason. Yeah, within right. reason. <laughs> no, my, my, it's, my, it's my brother who has no, uh, well, he's got acreage, but it's all vertical <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the Catskills. Yep. So he has this huge deck, and, yes. and, every, and, every, and everything he plants is, is on his deck, and it's about twice the size of my garden. I don't know how he does it. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah, amazing? Now, that's all in containers. All in on the... 40, 40, 50 containers. Yeah. Wow, yeah. 40, 50 containers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, at, plus a hot tub out there. I'm surprised that deck stays up. <laughs> <laughs> like one of these days, yeah. we're going to find him and a whole bunch of uh, plum tomatoes and green peppers at the bottom of the at the bottom of the hill. <laughs> oh, what an image! Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's uh, well. I remember the the first time I started researching containers, mm-hmm. and uh, I was reading a story about a guy, and and he actually had like a video, and and uh, he wanted to convert his tomato farm from you know uh chemical to uh to organic and you know you you need to go for three years of fallow you can't plant you know anything for three years and uh he he ended up buying like 1500 of those earth boxes you know and uh, he said well i can go organic right now and uh, he was down in Florida, and of course you know the sandy soil there. It's, you have to pretty much irrigate right. uh, daily uh, a large amount of, of of water. Well, with that reservoir, that four gallon reservoir in the bottom, he just hooked up a line, and 
he could grow his tomatoes with a lot less water and a lot less work. And he kept doing it right on through, even after his first three years. So, you know, the the, the container gardening is, is a very effective way to, to garden, for sure. And there are a lot of little tricks and shortcuts and uh, bits of advice that are not intuitive but work very well. And, again, that would, we'd recommend Ed's book, Ed Smith's book on, yeah, on that one. He really put, a, yeah. put it uh, together very nicely. Yeah. And everything is well illustrated with wonderful pictures that he and Sylvia take. And it's really, it's really an excellent, excellent book. Well, what I did is I took one of my long DJ tables mm-hmm. when I was mobile DJ, put it, mm-hmm. and it's I'm retired, it's retired, so now it's serving <laughs> to um, hold a whole bunch of grow lamps in my sunroom. Oh, so I have to wait a little longer before I can start it because it still gets cold at night, but yeah. I do have a little. Uh, gas heater in there. I don't like to use it because I don't like to turn it on when I'm asleep. No, yeah. But, well, you know, they they have the the heating mats. Yeah, and and they're not too expensive, and they really do work well. Maybe okay. That might you know, that might be the idea. That you know, one, they yeah. they have them actually like four foot long. You can get a longer ones, not just the the you know the ten by twenty, right. which is the standard. And then you need one for each each tray, but. Yeah. I did have one a while back uh-huh. and my, when I had my when I had my three cats and they appropriated it. They didn't <laughs> knock over anything that was on it. I find them sleeping on it. But that was many many years ago. <laughs> but that's, that's not a bad idea. I haven't thought of that for. Yeah, yeah. no, I, that and they're they're very effective. I've used them quite a bit. Matter of fact, I I started my first. Uh, uh, um, uh, sets indoors. Uh, oh, boy, about a month ago, and I and it's right on the kitchen table with one of those heat oh, mats. Yeah, that's a note to myself again. Today. I, I do this <laughs> a lot during self. this program. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Now that you have your your beds all ready to plant, and I mean now, you know, um, the and this is the big advantage with a with a permanent bed is that. At this point, they're pretty well dried out, and you know you'd still need to wait wait a couple of weeks before you could get in with the tiller. But as soon as uh, as soon as those things are 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 prepped, you're ready to plant. And I don't know how many times I've read this little phrase on a package of seeds that says, "As soon as the soil can be worked." Don't you wonder yeah. what the heck that means? You know, uh, well, what do you mean? <laughs> well, now you know. <laughs> as soon as the soil can be worked, you get in there and add your stuff and go ahead and plant. Well, yeah. I mean, if it's truly as soon as the soil can be worked mm-hmm. with my clay soil, that's never. I mean, I go to the <laughs> farmer's market, <laughs> buy from buy from the lieutenant governor. <laughs> but yeah, I know I know what they're talking about. It, but uh, yeah, there's so many yeah. there are so many. So many uh, variables and considerations and everything. Yeah, yeah. What, what I'm worried about, too, and not to throw you off uh, the designated course, but <laughs> we invite our listeners to throw uh, so two four four one seven seven seven. Always welcome to talk. But um, <laughs> I'm noticing more bunny rabbits so early in the mm, season. Mm. I've had a lot more birds come. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, I invite them with my feeders. Yep. And, uh, no bears in, my, in, in, in Mallet's Bay, so I still have my feeders all year round until I until someone reports the first bear I'm gonna but uh-huh. I've never noticed so many 
Yes. There's so many of the animal kingdom already out there. Maybe my eyes are trained. Yeah. But um, well, put it in so your I'm diary. Next, I'm in, for, and so next yeah. year you can look it up and say, you know, oh yeah, actually. <laughs> but bunny rabbits all over the place right yeah. now. I don't know if the fox is on strike or something, but you know, it doesn't seem to be much of a of an ecosystem. Another yeah. tr- true sign of spring is that walking my dog early this morning, all the earthworms are crossing the road. <laughs> <laughs> and the little yeah. frogs. You ever You're right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the earth, earthworms were yeah. putting their lives at risk yeah. by crossing the road. So yeah. I, I know they're in there. I wish they would churn my soil a little more. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I can just see you. Instead of a doggy bag, you'd have a little you know earthworm <laughs> bag. You're picking them up and <laughs> hauling them back to your garden. And yeah. fingers crossed for the... Uh, Pollinating bees—that has yeah. been such a problem. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I heard uh, this Dave Graham show. He talked a bit about that with one of the uh, fell. I don't know if you heard it, but it's a, it's a little discouraging to listen to. But um, you know, they are you know trying to um, get some regulations where you you know your the chemicals that are bothering them is you know you can't use them. Yeah, I mean, I think they've already taken steps. I mean, it, yeah. A, it's nice, and, and not only in Vermont, but other states, to see wildflowers planted in the mm-hmm. median. Mm-hmm. But then, then they also come with the with the pesticides as well, yeah. Yeah. which actually do in uh, the bees that are attracted to those flowers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, that's a problem we're not going to solve on this show, I think. But we can... Uh, plant lots of stuff that the bees love. Oh, you know what is a great way to attract uh, bees to your garden is the uh, creeping thyme. It, uh, they seem to absolutely love that stuff. I mean, they come in hordes. Huh, okay. I, I have a video that I took, and it doesn't do the do it justice, but it, it, they were literally, we have them on a hillside, you know, that we got a whole bunch from uh, Kate Farm. Uh, my wife, Deb, got got a bunch of uh, uh, sets from them, and we planted the hillside. And so we have quite the mat of, of this. And there are literally hundreds of honeybees, not just, uh, you know, the bumblebees or mm-hmm. anything else, but hundreds of, of uh, uh, honeybees in those, and they just seem to love it. I'm, that's another note to myself. A note to yeah, self. Yeah, there yeah, you go. I yeah, yeah. I would, love, I would love to do that. Creeping <laughs> time. I've uh, we talked about the uh, the wildflower farm in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that the the property has been sold, so there isn't the facility there. But yeah. they are still online selling wildflower yeah. mix, and I wow. always buy a bag every year. So, oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh. J- just the annuals. Um, yeah. Uh, the the perennials seem to come up in places where I've moved things around and so where I'm expecting an edible vegetable crop suddenly these guys I mean, and I, I respect them if any plant is going to in my soil work with that the way hard. I care is going to work yeah. that hard to come back yeah. a second year I'm going to let it come back you, know? you give them a little room I, I, I anthropomorphize even my just, plants just, yeah. just don't give any fertilizer that'll, that'll right. never you know and, and before it slips my mind mm-hmm. uh, you know we're talking about uh, and, and we've been committed uh, so many of us uh, to organic procedures. Yeah. I've noticed that even the Miracle Grow Company is advertising right now its organic line. No kidding. Of of soils, of oh. starting plants, oh. and uh, one TV commercial that they run, they show they, they show two flower pots. One that has maybe a four foot tomato plant with like mm-hmm. looks like fifty tomatoes on it, mm-hmm. and another one that's about six inches tall, <laughs> looked like it was planted <laughs> in, in in beach sand, you know. And they're saying this is what our new 
organic line will give for you. At, at any rate, um, you know. I'll check that out. You know, my, as my grandfather said, if a, if a mule flies, don't give him any crap for not <laughs> not going too far, you know. And so, so good, good going. Uh, 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 Absolutely. Yeah, uh, a company I, that uh, now is uh, recognizing that a lot of people want to go organic. Organic, yeah. 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 Well, let's see what our caller has to say. It's going to probably be, shut up, Joel, let Peter talk. <laughs> no, I doubt it. <laughs> uh, good afternoon. You're in the garden with Peter Burke. Hi, this is uh, Lawrence from Marshfield. Hey, Lawrence. Hey, guys. Uh, when number of years ago when I was in Dar- uh, McLeod Gans, India, where the Dalai Lama and a lot of Tibetans are, yeah. uh, I was walking in the Circle Ambulatory, which is the asphalt path all around the, where the Dalai Lama lives, and I noticed the old Tibetans would, as they're walking, would bend down, and then they'd keep walking, bend down, and bend down, and finally, I was wondering, what are they doing? They were picking the worms up off the the asphalt so they wouldn't die there and put them in the grass. So maybe we should all go out there and pick up the worms and put them in our garden. I could have done that this morning. I just no, I, I noticed those that were crawling across and those that already hadn't made it, if you get my drift. You know. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a meditation on a whole different level, isn't it? It sure was. <laughs> that's all I got to say today. Okay. Thank well, you. well, thanks for that little piece of information. That's great, <laughs> and uh, that's in in uh, Ed's book. You know, on gardening, uh, he gives you sort of a standard: is if you dig up a, a, a one foot of soil, if you have ten worms in it, then you're in good shape. Uh-huh. So I, I've actually done that, and I came up with a little bit more than ten worms. So I was very happy about that. <laughs> Well, you have you have the the perfect soil. I'm trying to, uh, yes. you know, have the best soil I can in my raised beds. But yes. you know, I still use the old parts of the garden for yeah. other things. And uh, yeah. Yeah. that clay soil hardens up even with vermiculite and even with uh, mm. some tilling at different times. Mm-hmm. You know, back when I had the tiller, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boy, that stuff hardens up. Yeah. Like, oh, it does. Right now, right now, th- there's a standing pool yeah. back there. You yeah. Know? Well, I have uh, when uh, when I first started doing the square foot gardening, mm-hmm. uh, he. Uh, had your double dig, you know, down two feet. And the terrace that I had that we had to, a flat spot that uh, we hit, we made with the bulldozer, right, took all of the topsoil and moved it down over the hill and, and down across the lawn. Uh, and what I was left with was that gray clay. Yeah. And when I would dig down two feet, you could actually jump in there and it would actually bounce. Huh. It was... <laughs> It was just just well, terrible. I'm, I'm not a soil expert, but they call what we have out in Mallet Bay is blue clay. That's yeah. that's exactly it, what it is. Yeah, a, yeah, it does have a bluish cast right. to it, and and uh, you could actually bounce on it. Down. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I could open up one of those trampoline, you know, it, there you recreation yeah. places that yeah. they have. Yeah. A natural one, well, all natural yeah, trampoline. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've wandered pretty far away from. From, from the garden, but um, so this early season, right? And uh, as soon as the soil can be worked, that's what we want to look at on our our seed packages. 
And there's no reason to wait for Memorial Day to start planting. You can do that uh, just as soon as you finish uh, uh, getting your garden beds ready. And the list of the things is actually pretty long of the things you can start to plant now. Uh, the peas, both the sugar snap and the garden peas you can plant. Uh, spinach, yep. um, lots of spinach. Onion sets and onion bulbs, I really enjoy having those early on. Uh, lettuces. Uh, um, just like Dick said, you know, you can uh, plant the seeds. Um, did I say radishes? No, the, the, but they're, they're oh, radishes for sure. Radishes are are so good when they when you get them in early. Uh, the mescaline mixes, uh, uh, mustard, mustard is a is a great one to plant now, and uh, one that I'm uh, just a, a new one to me is uh, the uh, sorrel. There's a green soil and a and a red vine sorrel, and they they don't mind the early cold at all, and they they have a wonderful sort of tangy, tasty, spicy green. Uh, I just discovered that, and it's really excellent. Oh, arugula. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, and miner's lettuce uh, uh, that uh, Claytonia is what um, um, uh, Ed called it. Uh, corn salad. It's called match, mache. Um, uh, kale. You can start to plant uh, kale seeds, right? You can plant broccoli and cabbage sets if you have them already or if you can find them. Uh, that's it's a good way to get started, and then uh, carrots. You know, just uh, do do pretty well with the cold weather. It's fine. Leeks, uh, turnips, purslane, watercress, radicchio, all your Asian salads like uh, tot soy, um, escarole, and uh, all of those things could be planted now. And uh, you'll have a. Um, uh, this is from seed in the garden. You can put it right in there. So the garden season truly has begun, and uh, there's lots of things that we can do. We have a phone call, and it is our friend Ted in Shelburne. Hey, Ted. Good springtime. Thank you. Come you too. and going. <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple of economic workarounds for the, I think um, I was being distracted a little bit by my computer at the very beginning of the program. That's another good thing about being out there with your hands in the dirt. <laughs> you can pay attention. Uh, but the soil looseners, uh -huh. avoiding the, the very expensive spread. Yes. Is number one. I also have one of those potato hooks, and I put a kind of an ergonomic ash sapling for a handle, which has a a nice little wiggle where your lower hand fits it. Oh yeah. And I'm pretty sure that that's about the tines are about a half an inch shorter than they were when I <laughs> brought the the basis home from a farm auction or something in <laughs> forty years ago or something. Yep. But it's it's been a favorite kind of exercise and function. And also there is, and I don't know its proper name at the hardware store, but it's among the long-handled tools. <clears throat> it's some kind of a barn tool, I think, but it has tines about 10 inches long, slimmer tines, about 10 inches long and about 3 inches apart uh -huh. and sharp. Yeah. And it doesn't do in really tough soil or mm -hmm. 
roots or stones or things, although you can kind of spring it back to shape. But it, in well-prepared soil, it's very useful. And I also use it. It can loosen the soil around two or three garlic bulbs uh, yeah. at time to pull them. Like in Charlotte, I had things worked out so nicely. I could just go down the row and yank yeah. on them, and they'd come up. They'd come up, yeah. Now, is that possibly a hay rake, what you're talking about? It isn't about? a rake. Now, this has no, straight not. tines. That yeah. go, you step on it, and it goes straight down, and you pull back, and it, it loosens up the soil nicely. Huh. Uh, and it, it's maybe a barn. Like, I bought it, I think, first when I had I had a lot of stones in Charlotte. I had no mm. clay, but mm. very nice soil. But mm-hmm. And it sort of, uh, you know, the stones for helping the farmer for his, he used, yep. reseeded the soil and tore it all up to yeah. put in alfalfa at one yeah. point. And it's sorted the stones, the ones that that fork could pick up, you know, three inches fist size or so, yeah. would be dealt with. And anyhow, that was my first purchase of that tool, but it continues to be useful. And you use both of those, the potato rake and this uh, Right. This I mean, fork. Yeah, I mean, the potato rake is, is just for rough mm-hmm. loosening and stirring a bit of the soil, but to, but to get down... Mm. Eight or nine inches or mm-hmm. so, and do as you do with the the big mighty one. Yeah, uh, it kind of does it in a more suburban way. And it's uh, it's probably cost about a, a a quarter of what those. Yeah, those I mean, it, I don't know. I, you know, probably fifteen dollars or yeah. less, or at a yard sale or yeah. something like that. Yeah, and I'm having <laughs> I almost for the first time in quite a few decades did not get my garlic in the ground before she froze up. Wow. But I was commiserate. Well, I wanted to paint my iron wheels mm, <laughs> before mm. I put my new snow tires on them. <laughs> that took up a couple of good afternoons, kind of, when I should have been planting garlic. Uh-huh. And then I was commiserating with Hank Bissell at Lewis Creek Farm. Yeah. Out of- and he said, well, it isn't really frozen. And I found with that tool I was talking about, I, yeah. I peeled off about two inches of what was frozen and planted the oh. garlic. Oh, there you go. And waited for it to kind of loosen up on a nice day and put the soil back over it. And my <laughs> golly, it's coming up beautifully. <laughs> and I have a little voluntary. It'll go to seed, but parsley and yeah. and some yeah. some things. And, and over here in Shelburne, uh, there will be some dandelion greens for me to mm-hmm. take advantage of. Yes, soon the get, true perennial. Get some local yeah. local food. Yes. So carry on. Keep up the good work. All right, thanks. thanks. Be in there. And uh, Ted, thanks for the call. Yep, I appreciate bye. that. And, and I actually am going to go look up my potato hoe. I know that we I have one of those. And I haven't used it in my garden, per se. My wife uses it more in her her flowers than I do, but I I think that's a great idea. Oh, I have to go back and and take another look for that one. So uh, where we were was we were planting um, some seeds that are good for this time of year. The other one of the other little chores, of course, is to is to go ahead and empty out your compost bins. I don't know. Um, that's what I do at this time of year, and and uh, boy, the the snow was so high around uh, around the house and and the driveway that I ended up having to buy a compost bin and stick it out at the end of the drive so I could <laughs> I could reach it because the snow was just so deep I couldn't really get up to the my other regular compost bins and. So that that needs to be uh, emptied out and consolidated with the others. 
And then one of the other uh, chores, and, and I have to do this too, is I've got a few boxes that, uh, you know, are probably oh, eight years old, and there is time to replace them. Uh, it's not a big deal, but it's uh, it's a chore that I need to take care of. And my son helped me some last fall, but we didn't get through all the beds, so... And then uh, another uh, thing that I like, of course, I like those permanent pathways, and so I will um, uh, replace the uh, or refresh uh, the garden uh, beds. Uh, I'm sorry, the garden pathways with uh, more bulk bark mulch, and uh, I try to keep it, you know, oh, three, four, five inches, and make sure that it's weeded as well, because there's lots of things that'll grow in that mulch once it's once it's started to decompose a bit. And, um, well, one of the things I want to hear from, from you is uh, what you're planning to plant this year that's new to you, that you're trying for the first time. It doesn't matter if it's a, if it's a common thing, but if it's new for you, if you've never grown uh, celeriac and you're going to try it this year, I'd like to hear about, you know, what you're thinking, why you're trying it. And uh, I have a few myself that I've sort of been debating over. I was... I was looking at a, a website and they they had uh, some peanuts that grow in the in the north and I thought oh wouldn't that be something, but they're growing them in zone five so I probably where I am it's not a good choice. But they also grow ginger, which I have a couple of friends who grow ginger and I thought that might actually be good for a uh, for one of my containers is to grow ginger. One of my uh, one of my. Fantasies. I've never really gotten started on it. Mm-hmm. Is to grow fig trees. Oh. Like my grandfather did in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. I recognize the different, um, you know. But even New Jersey, it wasn't easy. No. He bundled that thing up uh, yep. in burlap. Mm-hmm. I, I looked like the mummy, you know, mm-hmm. the, the old uh, horror movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I was standing out there in the backyard. There, so, but they were his uh, fig trees. Uh, wrapped in in burlap and tied and everything, and mm-hmm. you have to un, undo it uh, at the right time. But uh, in, in terms of the abundance of fruit and how oh, delicious yeah. fresh yeah. figs are, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, this may surprise you, but there's a fellow over in Charlotte who's growing figs. Really? Yes, yeah. and he sells the fig trees and uh, um, and uh, huh. Steve uh, Steve uh, Colangeli. Actually, I, uh, he used to be a teacher at U32 when my kids were there. And uh, but then he uh, he moved to um, uh, I think he's teaching in Middlebury now. And but anyway, he has a small farm in Charlotte and he uh, was growing figs. I mean, uh, I was I was stunned when he, sh- hmm. you know, when he, I, and he has a website and all that other stuff. Oh, I will track him down. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I cannot for the life of me remember what the, the name of his business is, but. Yeah, he's growing uh, figs over there. So you you might actually <laughs> be able to buy a fig tree. And he might give you some some pointers on. What I would wish more than anything else is to be able to just spend an afternoon with my grandfather, long gone. Now, oh yeah, yeah. And ask him all the things that uh-huh. I never did. Uh-huh. He 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 grew cherries and he grafted. Yeah. Oh, so he had three yeah. different kinds of cherries growing on no one kidding. tree, and he uh-huh. did this with his apple tree.
trees and uh, anyway oh, you know i just yeah. i just quietly uh, you know har- you know soaked in the the, the harvest <laughs> but oh, sure. but never really learned all the magic yeah. that he was performing and he did it on a daily basis Isn't that something, all year though? round he yeah. was always doing something yeah yeah, yeah. yeah too late but smart brought enough. it from the old countries you know yeah oh no i and uh, where i grew up in uh, in ohio right on the border of pennsylvania there was uh, my grandfather actually uh, made um, uh, you know septic tanks. He had concrete products. They you know they cast, precast a lot of concrete stuff. And uh, he was in Hillsville, which was um, uh, there was quite a settlement of Italian folks there. And you when you went up the hill and you saw these just like you're saying these cherry trees and apple trees and these incredible gardens that just seemed to grow right out of the rocks, you know, it was uh, it was really quite um, quite a uh, quite a lesson in in uh, you know gardening for sure. So I I hear what you're saying. <laughs> oh, there was one thing that that I noticed. It was in um, which uh, which one? Oh, I, it might have been the Fedco, and it was called. Uh, well, I was looking up information on perennial sp- uh, spinach or um, uh, spinach that uh, uh, you can grow during the warm season. Okay, and there, of course, there are spinach substitutes. Um, but this one was a perennial spinach, and they called it Caucasian Mountain Spinach, and it's it's a perennial like uh, vine. It comes up, so that's a new thing that I'm going to try this year to see if I can't uh, uh, get something like that on one of my trellises that it, comes up every year. Does it uh, taste anything like the? Uh, early and they say season? it's excellent. The flavor oh, is very good. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I have a couple other, and and uh, that I use uh, the. Um, there's one that's actually a form of chard, Swiss chard, and uh, that's uh, that's been very good. You know, I can that'll grow all season long in the warm hot, and uh, it's tender enough and delicious enough for a salad. Whereas you know, chard once it starts to grow is a little bit on the uh, you know the. Not doesn't have a good flavor like spinach does, but uh, but this one, it, it's been very good. One thing I'm going to investigate is the uh, blight-free or the the bl- blight-resistant tomatoes. Oh. You know, we I did that a few years back when we had the terrible blight, but yeah. the first couple that. Well, one of them came out of Pennsylvania, and the other one uh, via Germany, and the other one came out of uh, uh, out of Cornell Research. But the first couple of what were supposed to be blight-resistant tomatoes, and we didn't—I didn't have any blight on them—really didn't taste any better than the winter hothouse tomatoes. You know, <laughs> you know and Cor- Cornell is actually the, the regional labs at Cornell have actually acknowledged the fact that they're trying to see if they can get the. You know some good flavor ones yeah, that have right. whatever the the genetic makeup is that would that would be resistant to the blight. But I don't know if anybody else has noticed it, but uh, cherry t- tomatoes tend to be a lot more blight resistant yep. than than the big you know the big guys. And uh, I've I have noticed that right along right through when we've had uh, the blight come in and and. Uh, I don't know. That's why I grow a lot of cherry tomatoes. Yeah, they're, there. oh, they're great. Well, they're they are my my ersatz uh, sun-dried tomatoes. I cut them in mm-hmm. half and put them on the oh, yeah. dehydrator as oh, we've talked. Yeah, they're excellent. Yeah, just wonderful. 
Just yeah. slice them down the middle and fill up the dehydrator. The house smells lovely yep. For, yep. for a couple of days and everything. And then uh, Throw them a little water and uh, bring them back to life. And we put a whole pile of them on our pizzas. You yeah, know? that's exactly what I do. Once they're dry, <laughs> they, that, they, they become number one pizza topping. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I think I've told this story before, but I have one friend, Tony, from Rhode Island. And I was drying those tomatoes. And he he uh, said, oh, let me try those, you know. And so he took one. And next thing I know, he's got his plastic baggie full of the dry, <laughs> the sun-dried tomatoes. He's walking around the house uh, popping these, you know, like they were candy. And <laughs> I kept wondering if he was going to, like, bloat up like someone from Charlie and the Chocolate right. Factory and fly, you know. <laughs> well, those little, little orange uh, sweet ones. What do you call oh, them? yeah, the, they, they the are sun can- gold. Sun gold are candy. Oh, they are, yeah. Them, yeah. Yeah, this is true. They're almost too sweet to put on a... On a pizza, but yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, for sure. We we love the radio advertising. Radio advertising is the best advertising in the world. <laughs> Second best is just to go during when when plants are coming yeah. up yeah, and yeah. just look at what they are doing in their garden. That broke well, up. I was wondering wow. if they were going to run the the plants Armstrong one with it. You know where they, <laughs> he wanted to grow tomatoes. <laughs> well, you know it's uh, and uh, you know dare we say it, it's uh, perfectly legal right now within the parameters. Of, uh, of the law and yeah. uh, yep. gardening is gardening. And well, it's <laughs> true. And you know, it's funny, uh, there's a place up the road here called the Zen Barn. Oh, we yes. went there yeah, last right. night yep. and uh, a terrific food, I have to say. And fine entertainment when they have it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they serve the, the drinks and they had a, a pot leaf uh-huh. in, <laughs> in the drink. And I, I know it's all legal and all the rest, but it still surprised the heck out of me. And then, then you can get, you know, CBD butter on your potatoes and... Apparently it can calm Fido down. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I suspect it was probably the alcohol, but the people, were, the the bunch of us, were pretty relaxed by the end of it all. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, it's time to start. Time to start in that garden. You know, you all you have to do is get those beds ready, and you can start planting right now. And. Uh, it's, uh, what is it, April 20th, and, uh, well, we'll be talking more next week about the garden preparation and what else we can plant and uh, starting sets um, and anything else you want to hear about. And don't be shy to ask me if you want uh, more information on the subject to to, uh, to let me know, and we'll uh, I'll research anything you'd like. Well, thank you, and uh, we uh, we're also a great start. I think I'm all, I'm all I'm all uh, amped up here to. Uh, you got your notes. Get get everything started. Yes, I've got <laughs> I've got arugula, sorrel. There you go. And creeping thyme, and oh, and a garden blanket. Yeah, yeah. No, there you go. Yeah, the surprise. the heat the heat um, heat mat. Yeah. Heat mat for underneath. So yeah. so have you ever been to to V's Flowers on Route 100 in Waitsfield? No, that's on my list of things to do. As yeah, they have joined yeah. the family of uh, uh, underwriters I here. have to take a look. Uh, I thought that would be interesting. To, yeah. So as we head off in the garden, we'll, we'll all see you next week. Inch by inch. Yep. Row by row.